0: episode 161 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casale. Hello. It is Monday night, August 1st, and tonight we're going to talk Star Trek Beyond. We all got around seeing it over the last couple weeks, so now we're going to break it down a little bit, talk a little Trek as opposed to our more frequent, frequent, frequent?
1: Frequent. Regrant. frequent.
0: But before we get into Beyond... Why don't you give us some housekeeping, Ian Sharpley?
1: Well, let's let's be brief, so we can jump right into Beyond. You can find all your sauce needs and goodness at mixsauce.com. Check out the webcomic, the podcast, and the reviews at mixsauce.com. If you go to the Facebook page, Facebook slash mixsauce, you can be updated on all the things that we're doing. Sometimes we do conventions. Sometimes we're doing pirate games or. Fundraisers or all kinds of fun things like that. So go to the Facebook page. You can always be updated there. And for all the classic episodes, you can go back in time with the mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com. Um, real briefly, I would like to thank um, everybody from Spitfire's Catering, the Fan Club Sports Bar, and also New Dimensions Comics, for helping us out for our Pirates Tailgate, our Star Wars event that we had this past Wednesday. It was uh, a our second annual event where we went down to the Pirate Game and did some tailgating, drank some beers, handed out some uh, tickets provided, some sneak preview tickets provided by New Dimension Comics for the Suicide Squad this coming Tuesday. So um, it was a big Uh, successful event, I'd like to thank everybody that participated and helped us out and helped make this uh, uh, Pirate's Tailgate another successful time for us, so thank you. And uh, that's that's really all I got tonight, we can just jump right into all the good stuff, the movie reviews, that's what all the fans want to hear anyway. So
0: we all went out, we all saw Star Trek Beyond, none of us. Separately. This was not a McSauce-sanctioned
1: event. This was not a McSaw field trip. No. Uh,
0: We all saw it separately, but I think we all enjoyed it. Is it wrong to say we all enjoyed it more than Star Trek Into Darkness? Is that bearing the lead? Is that what we're doing? I didn't see it. Do you want to get into relevancy?
1: Uh, Do I? No, I don't. Um, yeah, I think that... I, well, I well mean, what's the
0: lead that I'm bearing?
1: That we liked it. Don't we kind of, like, go into it a little bit and talk a little bit about it? No? We don't do that? No, we do. Paul just messed up. Okay. Well, let's fuck this all up. I I liked it. Paul, did you like it? I don't know. Let's wait till later. <laughs> you fucker. Matt, I think that you're the most controversial... Of any of us <laughs> on this show—is that right? Your opinions are I dynamic s- <laughs> and out of left field. What did you think about? Because I—I I haven't talked to you at all about this, and I know your feelings on Star Trek are well documented on this show. You're not the biggest Star Trek fan. Well, why don't I think you explain it's... my
2: my stance on the well, Trek? Well, that's what I'm doing, right? Yeah, now. Go, go into it into some detail. Go unless you want to do it. I'll unless... interject when necessary.
1: Big Star Wars fan, you you live, you breathe, you tattoo it on your skin. The wars, Star Trek sort of uh, you know it's it's sort of like a uh, an afterthought to you. Retarded it's, cousin. Uh, we, I would never use those words. I'm using math. Words. I would never say cousin, but you know,
2: half cousin. You know, so, I've never been uh, the biggest sci fi fan in the world. Even as a kid, I always felt like there was something uniquely different about Star Wars. Even though, like, I always classified Star Wars as sci fi, I would always, like, preface it with, like, it's the only sci fi I really like. Right. Until I got a little bit older and I realized it really isn't sci fi. It kind of uses that, that, um, setting a little bit, but it's the story that it tells is much more fantasy based. Just because it happens in space doesn't make it sci-fi. Anymore. Exactly. There's so, plenty of sci-fi stories that happen
0: in someone's basement. Right.
2: And I I tend are there to plenty of them?
0: I'm sure there's enough. Okay. You've watched Tales from the Dark Side and uh,
2: Twilight Zone and all that shit. So I tend to be bored with sci-fi typically. Uh it's just not a genre that really grabs me. Never really did um, it, it's not like I automatically dislike it, but it it's just one that doesn't automatically get my attention. I, I've always been much more, you know, superheroes or uh, fantasy versus sci-fi.
1: If I may interject here, I feel like you also have sports mentality that goes into your distaste of Star Trek. You're Team Star Wars, that's what you love, that's what you always have grown up and support, that's what you will fight for. You will fight your fellow podcasters on some Star Wars topics. And I always feel like you you, you you feel the need to maybe side or compare Star Trek to Star Wars where maybe sometimes it doesn't need that comparison. It can live and breathe in a world all of its own. And you can you can love Star Wars, and Star Trek can exist, and you don't have to kind of, you know, cut it off at the knees to make Star Wars taller, if I may borrow a phrase from the great Mark Madden. Hmm. Uh,
2: when I was young and dumb, uh, as opposed to being, you know, old and dumb now... Uh, Still I, full of gum. I don't get it. Yes, you do. So, I was not... I did make that comparison... I did uh, draw those battle lines. Um, I can remember my brother being heavily into Star Trek, and that's what it all boils down
1: to. Uh. Fucking tidal wave T, goddamn you! You ruined Transformers. You ruined Star Trek. We had don't lend credence to <clears throat>
0: sports mentality over here because he's the only one that ever brings up sports mentality.
1: Set, You know, that's coming from somebody that puts sports mentality on his Marvel and DC no, properties. No, you put sports mentality you do. on
0: that not.
1: Because I that's know. what you do.
0: No, I'm just not verbalizing not. the thing that not. you're doing. I like what I like. It just so happens that Marvel keeps doing things that I don't like. I there like- was a time when Marvel was doing more things that I liked than
1: DC. You always compare them. You always draw your battle lines. You always side with DC. You you do. You yeah, do. because I
0: like DC's characters better. That doesn't mean I'm cutting Marvel even, off at the knees to even DC even DC's color. Even whenever, that's not what
1: he's doing No, either. even whenever Marvel... No, he just said that that's well, what he did do. Did it. Did and, and, and When he was I, still I,
0: forming his opinions. May I? We've got this. May I? The, we've listen, got you the on listeners, this You just be pretty and watch
2: the listeners don't know what I was doing, because you guys kind of commandeered what I was trying to
1: explain But, but shit to sell. The listeners, they, they know, they've heard of the tales of Tidal Wave T and his fucking tyranny <laughs> over your childhood. God damn it. I hate wow. that we can't talk Transformers. Fuck your brother.
0: How oh, fuck do I love me some good alliteration? The tyranny of Tidal Wave T. <laughs>
2: I don't, I don't want to be presumptuous, but you do realize that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Congratulations, um, fan. You, you just heard it. So um, <clears throat> when I was young, I did kind of make that comparison because in name, really, and the fact that they were both kind of like taking place in space... But one was exciting and fun, and I was into. I like playing with the toys, and the other just felt like this meandering snooze fest. And uh, because it and, was right, and I compared the two. I was like, one's really exciting, and one kind of sucks. And then um, my brother, being a big Star Trek fan, got into the movies, and he would get all like the VHS tapes. I think he kind of accumulated all the tapes, um, at least through six. Uh, like over the course of a year, you know, like one Christmas got some more for his birthday and then kind of uh, completed the collection by, by the next Christmas. But, but anyway.
1: this was all late, too, though. Tidal Wave T was doing this in the late 80s. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you weren't yeah. watching these movies like as they came out or even like a year after. Like, correct, like, correct.
2: Okay. I, I knew of, um, like the start, I mean, I knew Star Trek forever and ever, but it, it really wasn't until I think my brother started having it on the television, and I would like see what was on TV and and determine that I have no interest in this.
1: Was it? Did your brother watch the original TV show a lot? No, or? it was
2: it was the films and the Next Generation TV show at like after school, um, and I thought that. I don't care what film you put on, especially not the first one, for God's sakes. But um, it was just all
1: boring. The first film I ever watched. I kind of don't blame you. Like if this is the way that you were introduced to Star Trek, I don't fault you for how. Well, thank you. you. Now, in my. I know you're looking for my approval. In yeah, in my uh, defense
2: of my adolescent self or pre-adolescent, right? What what is adolescent? What is the age range?
1: Uh, 12? 12? Pre. Okay, this is
2: pre. So this is probably when I was about 11. Uh, the Undiscovered Country, Star Trek six came out. And, uh, I can remember I was starving for, like, the next, quote, Star Wars, right? And, uh, my friend Craig at the time was like, we should go see... Go ahead, Paul. Adolescence is the transitional period
0: between puberty and adulthood.
2: Ah, well, this was not... This was pre-adolescence. So uh, he had told me, my friend Craig had told me that Star Trek is great. It's, it's just like Star Wars. We should totally go see it. You're going to love it. And I went and saw Six, and it was just like, at best, okay.
1: Well, again, <clears throat> fuck Craig for saying this is just like Star Wars, because there really isn't anything that's Ian, have you just ever, like Star Wars. Have
2: you Wars. ever spoken to an 11-year-old? Um, I can't say that I have. Let me tell you something about 11-year-olds. They're dumb. They're not real intelligent. They may say things like that don't make sense, like Star Nina Trek. Nina is just like Star Wars. That makes more sense than Star Trek and Star Wars are similar. But anyway, there was always that comparison. As I got older, I didn't make the comparison so much as I just realized Star Trek kind of sucks. And I have held firm to that notion uh, into my adulthood, <clears throat> post adolescence, if you will. And Uh, It wasn't until J.J. Abrams injected some fucking life into Star Trek that I was like, this is actually pretty good. This is kind of fun. Like, I'm into this. I'm into this sci-fi thing. Like, until they did the whole, like, other (laughs) reality, like, typical mumbo-jumbo. I hated that, how they had to tie the um, the new shit I into mean, the that, old shit. Like, it didn't really bother
1: me. Like, now that it's a Splinter universe and all that, it, like, I, it, it doesn't matter. It, to me, it felt like...
0: And they put the nails in that coffin in this one. So we are un- off and running in the Kelvin
2: universe. It felt... Wow. <clears throat> it very much felt like an unnecessary bit of fan service. It was like, you know what? These Trekkie nerds are going to see this movie <laughs> no matter What? Whether you tie it to the originals or not, they're going. What you need to do is broaden your fan base by making it more accessible. And that was a step back toward not making it accessible. So, did
0: that hinder your entire experience with the Abrams universe? Because I think it's a nice nod, little, you know, to what happened before. We get to see some of the old cast who, whether we were big Star Trek fans or not, we all know Leonard Nimoy. We all know the original Spock. Right. Nice little tip of the hat, and now they're like, "Yeah, this is this, but this is a brand new universe." Yeah, yeah. So right. Did that
2: did that hinder the experience for you? To a degree, yeah. I mean, it was basically them kind of like wanting to have their cake and eat it too. It's like we're Which we're rebooting masterfully. I felt like it was completely unnecessary and I felt like it kinda of derailed the pace of the movie. It, but it, you've been a comic fan all your life I and mean, that's And I hate that shit Spider in comics Barstow too. Of comic that's comics. why you know what what kind of comic characters do I like? Spider Man. Who else? Savage Dragon. Who else? Daredevil. Right. Like the more earthbound characters that kind of don't have these wacky alternate dimensions. Actually, when Savage Dragon got the alternate dimensions, that's when I kind of, like, lost interest. That's when you kept buying, but
0: stopped reading.
2: No, I was still reading. The well, past fan.
0: That. <laughs> still well, past that. he has been buying Savage Dragon since number that's, one. He can't stop right. until Eric Larson stops. That's the only book <laughs> I will allow him to keep buying, but, but never read.
2: Right. Uh, now, in my... I will clarify. I It's not like I don't just get it and put it in a box like i do kind of skim it and it's just not it's just whatever but anyway you we're still not, open this it up i do like this isn't it? the savage dragon episode that's next Th- week. that's <laughs> next week stay tuned this is the star trek episode and so yes i think that that was a completely unnecessary and you think it was masterful i think it was clunky it just wasn't necessary you could take it out completely and it wouldn't affect the movie at all it's like Get it the fuck out of there. It's completely useless. I
0: I think it's masterful that they found a way to tie both universes together without hindering it. Like, I don't think it hindered the story at all. Yeah, you can probably take it out and the movie works just fine, but you leave it in and the movie also works just fine.
2: It, it does work, but it... it and I like that tip of that. <clears throat> Yeah, I hate
0: that. And I agree
1: you that want, it's fan your... service, but we're in the fan service era. Like, that's the, that's the realm. the doesn't mean you have to
2: like it. Just because they keep <clears> handing <throat> you plate after plate of shit, that doesn't mean you have to well, be not like, like, oh, can all fan pay, services, may I have another?
1: Not all fan shit, But we don't think though. that fan service no. The, the scene in Creed whenever Adonis Creed runs up the steps, a la Rocky, like, that's fan service, but it's still fucking cool. Oh, I don't know if that's fan service. We will agree to disagree. You know, you know
2: what I will say. I'll tell you what fan service is. Did was he hitting meat in
1: Creed? There's a lot of fan service. That's just. With, f- did he
2: hit meat in Creed? Uh, I can't remember. If he did, that would have been so, fan service. So running uh, up the steps with on. Rocky in tow. Wait. That, so
0: Rocky's his trainer. Correct. So Rocky's gonna train Adonis like he was trained. So he's gonna. It it's, makes sense that he would hit meat it, and run the steps and chase chickens. Paul, clearly... It, so, I mean, that's that's it, part
2: of the universe. Or, I understand that. But but I mean, still, to do Rocky? it is sort no. of... Okay, right. Okay. So, what may I? Um, what happened was, in Rocky, the way he was hitting meat, it was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing. It wasn't part of his training. It was something he did, oh, like, out of, of
0: anger. Of course I've seen Rocky. I thought you meant Creed.
2: Oh. Sorry. All right. So... Um, that's that was not part of his training. I mean, well, I guess it kind of was eventually, right? Did they
1: ever go back to that though? I don't but think he Rocky hit did. meat wasn't in Rocky like, Balboa.
2: Rocky
0: wasn't like, "I'm gonna go hit some meat." <laughs> Mickey was like, "Let's go hit some meat."
2: That's not what happened either.
0: How the fuck did he hit meat in Rocky?
2: Because he, he was, was in the cooler and Polly started running his mouth, and it pissed Rocky off, so he started punching the meat.
0: We're dissecting way too deep.
2: And, it, I, and I will say this, if you'd like, we can keep talking Rocky because I kind of like Rocky better than uh, than Star Trek. But what, that's what, just because Rocky's uh, a grounded character; <laughs> <laughs> he's more street level, if you will.
1: My point is is that the, we are in the, the era of fan service. Right. A lot I, of the movies that we have been going to see and have really liked a lot, we like Creed. Right. But I think there are some fan service yeah, yeah, elements, yeah. and that's not a damning thing to put on any of these movies. Fan well, guess service. what?
0: There was no fan service. In Star Trek Beyond.
2: Well, hold on one sec. What the difference, though, Ian, is the fan service that you talk about—that like they put in movies, whether it's a cameo or like a little wink and a nod here. That's a little different than kind of trying to alter the plot to a certain degree, like they did in Star Trek. It was it was much more prominent and. it was it, the crux I, of,
1: like, two movies, kind, kind
2: of. of it, but, like, at the same time, it really wasn't necessary. And I wanted so bad for these to kind of be their own thing. They kind of, like, stand on the shoulders of what had happened before, but instead they felt determined to kind of tie it together, even though it kind of didn't really go together. All right, so
0: you weren't happy with the fan service of Star Trek.
2: Right. The Abrams reboot. Right. But I did like the movies in general. I thought they were very good. Okay. So, that was the first time I've been
0: excited about Star Trek. Well, Star Trek up until, I mean, like, Star Trek up until the Abrams universe is not an exciting property. Like, I appreciate the original,
1: no, come on, no, I mean, faces at me. It, it, well,
0: yeah. Well, I'm yeah, I mean, Wrath of Khan
1: was like that was a fun movie, and yeah, so was they Search had, for Spock. Like, is a really right, like right. kind of fun. I was I was like, primarily movie. thinking of the TV series. Yeah, and I agree with
0: that. There's a certain, like, I can't. I have a hard time watching the Next Generation. Like, I've I've never watched anything after Next Generation, but Next Generation feels incredibly eighties nineties to me. Like, I can't watch that show and not see, like, I can't see them in, like, 20 whatever the fuck year they're in. Like, I watch that show, and I'm like, oh my god, this is 1991.
1: The way that they... But the original series,
0: it's 60s as fuck. But I watch it, and there's a certain, I don't know if maybe it's the nostalgia, or the original cast, and the way, you know, the actors just bring something else to that series. I can go back and watch original Star Trek episodes, and kind of sort of be transported to you know whatever future that they're in it's I not exce- It is. as a kid i hated it my mom was all over star trek and i was just like oh my god when is someone gonna have a lightsaber oh they <laughs> don't do that honey and i was like i'm out see ya but now i can go back and watch the original series and nice visual
2: like, cue by the way there paul kissing the my Peace out. There yeah.
0: you go. Yeah. Um, now I can go back and watch the original series and really appreciate it for what it is. I'm an adult. I you it, know I appreciate more of the cerebral nature of it. Well, I, I think
1: the original series does a nice spl- 50-50 split, of you know pu- punching your problems and then out thinking your problems. Where the next generation, I've heard it described a lot of times, where that's all they did was they thought around the problems. And for a certain person and a certain Way that you want to watch a TV show or a movie, that's fine. I I like to punch my problems and like slice them in half with lightsabers. Like I I like that, or or blow them up with photon torpedoes, which is what you get in the first two movies that I watched, w- which were Khan and the Search for Spock. Those are exciting, yeah. like not action thrillers, but there's a lot of space battles. There's a lot of action involved in both of those movies
0: yeah there and like I'm, I'm sorry i discount on the movies uh but yeah those those early star trek movies particularly well it, it all four, depends on
1: how you were introduced to star trek like, are you, it, really sounds like it sounds like it sounds like you watched next generation and the original series with your mom and like that's not the most like exciting shit
0: right and as a as a kid just It just isn't. Even even though the original series thinks and punches on equal measure, like it's still not, it's still not the same. It's still not a lightsaber. I still saw Star Wars before all of that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm coming from the similar place where it's like I like the action adventure, I like the fantasy. Yeah. That's what I'm drawn to, and the Abrams movies have really brought more of all of that into the star trek universe but i think it also holds on to what's dear about the universe being the the characters and how they all interact and what their mission is and it's still the utopian future so it it, it keeps all of the tenets of what star trek is it just makes it a little more exciting for us yeah laymen.
2: when um when they rebooted the series um jj abrams i think it was jj abrams on the like the bonus material for the first movie um said that basically what they wanted to do they made the comparison that if star wars is rock and roll star trek is a symphony and i thought well that's an interesting analogy and they said we wanted it to still be a symphony but maybe kind of like a rocking symphony and i thought well that's kind of another cool analogy and I feel like they, um, they've achieved that with the the reboot, um, and they've they've made Star Trek pretty good, to me. I mean, I like it now. Yeah. And. Um,
1: did you go see this new one opening weekend, Matt? Uh,
2: yeah yeah I saw it. Um, when did I see it? I think I, it was a Saturday.
1: You see it in like did, uh, I know sometimes you do, like, D-Box or special shit. No, like no, no. If you do any of that, it was, um, D. I
2: I got the reserved seat in, mm-hmm. um, what do they call it? Uh, XD? They call it XD at Cinemark.
1: Yeah, because it's, like, the wider screen with the better... Spin. Yeah, better, right?
2: better crystal clear picture, like, digital picture, and the sound is incredible, and they have that little opening... It's 3D. It's not 3D. Not necessarily 3D. This particular one was not. But when you do buy a ticket, you do get a reserved seat. Now, you're paying for that. That's an extra cost to the ticket. My XD was 3D. Which I would pay for in a heartbeat versus um, like, paying extra for 3D, which, my God,
1: when is 3D going to go away? please? I heard that. I didn't see it in 3D, but from people that I know that did see it in 3D, they... Again, they said it was, oh, it's so dark. You couldn't see any of the action. And I was like, some most of that action was, like, in daylight. The final battle, broad daylight. Lots of battles on the the planet, kung fu, in daylight. Like, you should be able to see all that stuff. Yeah, I do.
0: Like, I, I didn't have a problem seeing anything, but just the fact that, like, everything got all the some of the action scenes just got a little blurry yeah and it's yeah it wasn't in in 3d just in 3d yeah. it just wasn't clean and I've seen other recent movies that have been 3d which have worked great recently but <clears throat> uh like beyond like my biggest complaint with this was,
1: was probably I the 3 d wasn't all that yeah uh well did you have any, uh, any things that you really liked, Paul, about Star Trek Beyond? Do we want to do that? And then we can jump into our cons. C-O-N-S,
2: not K-A-H-N-S.
0: Waka, but go ahead. waka. Matt, I think you're done tonight. <laughs> oh, you call it a night? Mercifully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you asshole. Um, I loved... I loved that all of the main cast got equal measure in their roles in the movie. Everyone had something to do, everyone was important to an extent. It wasn't like you know, I felt like In the Darkness was Kirk and Spock's movie and everyone else just, you know, they're around. But like this one really seemed to include the entirety of the main cast.
1: I like the way that when the Enterprise gets you know, spoilers, the Enterprise gets destroyed. They the way that the away teams get broken up. Um, I loved each and every one of those, like, pairings. I thought that, my like, my favorite part was Bones and Spock, man. I will watch a fucking two-hour movie of those dudes, Zachary Quinto and Carl Urban, just fucking going. Like, they were amazing. The way that they played off each other, um, the way that they really draw from the, the essence of... Um, the original actors and the original spirit of those characters. They're so fucking good.
0: Yeah, Carl Urban killed
1: it. He was my favorite part. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. amazing.
0: Hands, hands down. Like, Carl Urban was, was the absolute best. Uh, yeah, I, I loved seeing that, uh, I love the way everyone got broken up into, like, pairs or singles. I thought John Cho's Sulu was great, um, even though, um, uh, George decays. uh, even though George Takei wasn't happy about Sulu being gay, like, I really? thought that was Really? That's weird. I, I kind of yeah, think it's that that's, goofy. like, a
1: respectful nod to George Takei. That's
0: exactly why they made Sulu gay, but he wasn't happy. He didn't like
2: that? He said the character wasn't gay. He's like, if you want to acknowledge or represent that, make another character, like, create one and make him gay. Don't just take him and make him gay, because Sulu was not a
1: homosexual.
0: Then I agree with Simon. I, re-
1: re- I I rebuttal. like I like that though. Like I respect that. I it can I like both of these things? It, it, well, like, do
0: you know? I don't the know. Simon, Simon Peter Pac-
1: No, I have no idea. He
0: he was like, well, I respect that, but if we make a brand new character that's gay, he's just gonna be the gay guy. It it's more important to make one of the original cast members. Gay because then Sulu's not the gay guy. Sulu is Sulu. He's so the pilot of the Enterprise. You
1: don't. Also, the most famously gay, like like George K is one of the most famously, famously gay, gay Asians. Asians. Gaysans? Ever. I G- mean, he's, he is. He is the most famous. Name another gay You can't.
0: Yeah, and, and he's he's been he's been a <sighs> rights activist his entire career since but, the sixties.
2: I mean, Paul isn't Simon Pegg gonna obviously defend that. They made Sulu gay in this, considering he wrote the damn thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. I. I
2: I I see both
1: sides of this. I really do. Um, But I think that it's probably was malicious. I think that it's more important to make Sulu gay. I really do. Like, I think that that was the right move. It felt, it it felt good. Like that. That's the way that it should have went. Because if you insert a gay character, then. Just like we're going to do next week when we talk about Marvel Now. You're just creating characters for diversity's sake, for the fuck of it. So,
2: like... uh, Go ahead. Okay, thanks. So, here's the thing. Uh, And you bring up... This is a good bridge, bringing up Marvel Now, because I think we have a lot of gripes about the changes they make to existing characters, whether they change their gender, their, their sexual preference, or their race... We're not big fans of that we don't like when they do that uh, we would prefer if they saved those kind of things basically minority type things for uh, for other characters and not change the characters that we already like that are established um, and that's exactly what they did with Sulu they took an established character and they decided to change his gender um, to Yes, add diversity, it but it also changes gender. A... gender. Her Her sexual presence. Presence. sexual preference. Sorry, still man. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe he
1: tucks it. I don't know. Still, uh, he's a super duper man. Uh, man. He is. You see him fight with the sword fucking, in the first one. That husband of his, super big and diesel. He's diesel? Ants yeah, man.
0: I think that's the. He was the. Is it? like Zulu the bottom, right?
2: Ah, uh, boy. So uh, go ahead, Matt. So, but at the same time. Every time me as a viewer, when I see classic Sulu, I think, "Oh, that's gay Sulu," because George Takei is gay. I can't. Because I can't home. separate the two.
1: I don't think that George Takei played that role. Is it Takei or Takei? Takei, Takei, Takei. Sorry. Yeah, t- George Takei didn't play that role that's necessarily. Role. Okay. Like he didn't play it straight. Like I've seen a lot of very gay <laughs> Sulu stuff. Like I don't know. You I, think he played it gay? Well, I, don't, I think he that George K like can't help it. I mean, has George K really been anything <laughs> he can't else? Can't help besides?
0: it. No, George the K
1: has been has Sulu. Been
2: Sulu. What did he do, in your opinion? What are some of the the mannerisms that he displayed that were gay for you?
1: That is a baiting comment, and I'm not going to go. It's down not that a baiting run.
2: comment. I want a clarification. You said he was. He kind of came off as everybody gay.
1: listening to this has YouTube. Go on there. Apparently,
2: Paul does. If you can't check hear out his typing,
1: check out some George Takei. There's I mean, there's a certain there's a, uh, fencing scene yeah, there's that there's jumps George out Take to I mean. mind that seems a bit homosexual and, and and very 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 greased up and sleek. <laughs> yeah, I was trying in, to ar- find in, the in erotic.
0: I was trying to find the episode the episode name. I have Mallory no idea. Directive. But
1: is that what you were thinking of? Like the fencing scene? Yeah, it's scene? the fencing
0: episode oh, okay. where he's like. Shirtless the entire time. And my man's ripped, but he's also super greased up. It's one of those weird episodes where they take a character and, like, just, you know, like, they they lose their mind for an episode and then they need to, like, wrangle Sulu and get him to And they probably asked George Takei they were like, the They're like,
1: Well, what, like, what do you think, you know, he, he Sulu would do? And he's like, Fence nude.
0: That was a pretty good Sulu. So yeah, so to so Matt, I wanna go back to yeah. your your point, like about how we don't like where are you going? You need it to be here neat. for this. You suddenly hold it. Well then pause it. I'm not pausing it. So Yeah, we don't like when characters get changed around for the sake of changing them around. Right. And whether this was a nod to George Takei or not, that's essentially what they did. They changed him around, they just changed him around. But, personally, I don't have a problem with changing someone's sexual preference. They changed Alan Scott's sexual preference in DC, makes no difference to the character. They changed Sulu, it makes no difference to the character. They're still the same character. Well, if they change Superman? Then it changes who the character is Whoa. as a person. Because Superman has a rich history of Lois Lane and par- being heterosexual between growing up with a crush on Lana, growing up as Clark and Superman with a well, crush on Lois it turned out he was just
2: kind of in denial,
0: a lot you of people do that. You could make Lex Luthor gay, and it would be fine, because he has no preconceived notions of his sexuality. Okay. Uh, Batman, billionaire, playboy, you can't make Batman. Hal Jordan same
1: way but you could because you could, Bruce Wayne is a mask and that's perfect yeah mask for your vigilante night activities as well as your <laughs> night yeah, homosexual but there's tendencies.
0: enough there's enough history with Bruce Wayne so far where he fucked a girl and had a kid like I
1: don't think he's gonna go there's, that far there are, a lot of people protect out, his. there are a lot of people out there that have fucked a girl had a kid and are gay
0: yeah alright
1: Okay, I'll give it to you. Touche, that's gay fencing for you.
0: Well, yeah, 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 gay fencing. But like it it's been it's been well established in the comics that Bruce Wayne is straight. It's been well established that Tony Stark is straight. That Steve Rogers is straight. Like, those characters you can't spin around. But there are plenty of other characters that you can. Like you can't make Peter. Parker let me ask gay. you this. You can probably make let, Morales me, gay.
2: let me ask you this. What if you change the gender of a character? Mm. because it's been established that if you have a man character and you suddenly make it a woman character. Yeah, but they've been making, established making as a man.
0: Someone make, change, make, Boy, is this a slippery slope? Changing someone's ethnicity Changes the whole dynamic of the character,
1: their their entire experience. Whereas, if you're, if you're a gay character, if you're gay in real life, you could have le- led two different lives. You could have been closeted. You could have been a different person and then changed around. You can't during... hide
0: black, right, Ian?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Can you? So even... maybe they could so change you, characters. So I, established I, think, I think that sexual preference. It might be a little different than gender and race. I think because sexual preference is something that you can you can hide and then change. Yeah, that that goes against Paul's argument um,
2: for established characters with histories of like relationships. Right. I'm. I'm just. I'm making my own point. Uh, I'm with you, Ian.
1: I agree with with your sentiment, but anyway. So
0: you're you're fine if suddenly Peter Parker's black.
1: No, no, but if Peter Parker was suddenly gay, that could possibly happen because that could possibly happen in real life.
0: Yeah, it could, but there's been like but what are you gonna do with
1: It's tough with comic book characters because we spend half of the time in their heads in thought balloons. But it it's it, it with... also
0: it also contradicts the entire Gwen Stacy Mary Jane problem. Peter Parker right. is not a character you can make gay. Sulu is a character that we know nothing about right we can do whatever we want with his backstory and it makes no difference to who he is as
1: the pilot of the Enterprise that's why comic book characters I think are almost different than I mean characters in novels and comic book characters are different than TV and movie characters you could make Luke Skywalker gay
0: and it wouldn't make one bit of difference
1: well you might be all right I am right I don't know. Oh, don't be big, so confident. Fuck yeah, you. He, I am. You might. You you might be right. You might be right. He had a pretty big crush on his sister during his formative years. That's true. He does not have really any. Est- you, but you know who you can't make gay. You can't make Han Solo gay. Right. No, you can't make Han Solo gay. Because Han Solo his Solo ro- by. So his robe. What?
0: What? So but going back to Matt's original point that like we don't like when we change around an original character, I think there are things there are things that we can change that are okay and things that will change that we're not that okay about. Established things. Making Sulu gay is one hundred percent cool. You can't make Captain Kirk gay because Because his history is fucking chicks. Green, white, otherwise
1: how uh, black would be the
2: Black? <laughs> like how green and white are the two yeah. that he mentions? Because who else is known for fucking
0: green chicks just Captain Kirk. What hit me like every so often this hits me about Star Trek. And I think what hit I think it hit me during this movie more so than all of the other times that I've watched any Star Trek series or any Star Trek movie and it's because of the time that we're in, in comic books where everything's Diversity, 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 diversity. We can't create anything new unless they're diverse. Like, it was really endearing to me that watching watching the cast of Star Trek, the original characters they were created in the '60s, like they already got, like yeah, they know, I mean, like, they don't need to backtrack and you know, sp- you know, like make some about faces. Yeah, they don't need to create an Asian
1: character because he was there. They don't need to create a a black woman because she was there and already important. So,
0: here's where sports logic comes into play.
1: I thought that wasn't what you did, but okay. Well, um, I'm... What are you doing? Go ahead.
0: (laughs) This was just just for you. So, R.A.D.C., all your characters are from, like like 1959 and beyond where everyone hated anything that wasn't a white person so all right that's why all your shit's white so what's going on marvel all your fucking characters are white as fuck and you were in the 60s in the era where you should have been creating diverse characters like star trek so watching star trek beyond i was like fuck these guys fucking got it as much as as much of a problem as I have with Marvel and DC's forced diversity now, it's so... It was just so nice to just watch Star Trek Beyond and see the gay character, the Asian, the black girl, the Vulcan, you know, all these different fucking diversities be like, fuck yeah, you guys got it right. I don't need to be upset because you're forcing anything down my throat because it's all fucking natural and organic
1: like it. So that was what you like. Star Trek's diversity. That's, <laughs> That's the <a> takeaway.
0: <laughs> I liked, yeah, that was one of the things I liked. I liked a lot of things. As long as so, the
2: diversity is original.
0: I think maybe 20 minutes ago, I was asked what I liked about Star Trek Beyond. So Ian, what did you I like about Star Trek Beyond?
1: I already said the uh, the bones and Spock bits were really uh, that, those were the, the Big fun parts of the film for me. I really like the way that Christopher Pine and Zachary Quinto the the they're the, their, yeah, the cool themes of here. the the themes of discovery that those two actors had um, with Kirk kind of having a uh, a crisis of self where he is now older than his father who who was Thor. I mean, he was in Thor: The Dark World. That's who his dad was. So, I mean, we know. that was a great fucking movie too but he was having a he was having a crisis because he's now older than his dad and his dad joined starfleet and he's just he 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 joined it because it was something that he believed in and captain kirk this captain kirk joined it on a dare and it was a bet it was sort of like a joke and he needs to find a way for himself and i really liked how they kind of went through and explored that in as well spock Dealing with the fallout for, of his his entire race of people being in peril and what he needs to do to maybe help the Vulcans get back on track. And, and that goes directly in opposition of him being with uh, a, a human girl. Mm-hmm. And I, I like those kind of... Um, character conflicts and the personal bits of this movie Mm -hmm. um so those were those were two of my favorite little things i I like there are little tiny easter eggs that i that i caught um whenever the 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 main villain which we haven't we've talked for 40 minutes and we didn't even talk about the main villain of this movie crawl um idris elba's character the first time that kirk fights him in the like in in enterprise there are little teeny tiny bits in the score of some of the, like, Gorn Desert World battle, like the da 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 like, there's a little bit, a little hint of that, and I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, they're they're also, um, there's a little Easter egg when they're flying through Yorktown at the very end, and they're like, pull up the schematic and they pull the schematic up and if you look at that schematic, it's the Death Star shooting, like, a fucking beam out of it and I thought that was pretty cool so those were some, some little bits that I liked I was surprised that Justin Lynn um, director of the Fast and Furious movies really like got this and really got the Star Trek themes and, and the world and the characters really him and, si- and Simon Pegg being one of the writers on this really nailed everything I thought this was a fun movie I, I didn't feel like it dragged at all um, it was. It looked beautiful. I thought it looked just like the J.J. Abrams movies aesthetically. I don't think that you could look at one and be like, "Oh, this is a new director." I thought it fit within the context of the two previous films. And um, yeah, I, I like. There's there's a lot of stuff that that I really enjoyed. But those were those were some of the bits that I really liked the most.
0: Matt, did you like
2: anything about this movie? Nothing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I liked uh, the sequence when the Enterprise gets blown apart Uh, the way it like went
1: down in pieces and they were still able to I hated it are you fucking kidding me I hated it because I don't like to see the Enterprise destroyed because I think it's the Enterprise is a character in Star in Star Trek it's another character right that's but I thought the way it got right. it was broken really up cool was really the way it fun. Happened. Right. Yeah.
2: And then and then Did you, like, you
1: guys like it that it happened like ten minutes into the movie? Yeah, because you couldn't get the rest of the movie without it. The way it was strategically ripped apart like that.
2: And then they were able to fly the
1: saucer and yeah. I, just I liked really them flying cool. the saucer and and I liked when Carl was like you know, cut the neck and like slit the throat and like he cuts that part of the ship. I just hate seeing the fucking Enterprise destroyed. No, I get it. It feels like... like, That's
0: like a Star Trek staple.
1: It feels like a crutch. Like, don't blow up the Enterprise. Like, have somebody steal the Enterprise. That's fine. It would be cool
2: to see the Enterprise actually, like, in warfare, where it's, like, doing
1: some shit other than just getting its ass kicked all the time. Like, that's part of my cons. Like, my, my favorite stuff is space battle yeah and can we can we get some of those can we get the enterprise doing some it, shit it always so seems overmatched
2: in some way like in the first one if you remember there's that really cool like far away shot where the little tiny enterprise is like approaching the the big um what are those aliens called uh, the, the, romulans. the romulans that huge yeah. ship and uh and it's like yeah right Right, so it had no chance, and then in this, it's like the complete opposite. You have all those little tiny ships. That Did you guys up. like those
1: B, like the B squadron? Ships? I thought it
2: was an interesting. It again to me, you know, it felt very sci-fi.
1: You know, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I didn't like. I don't like swarming stuff. I don't like. <laughs> I don't I like.
2: Don't, I don't like Galactus.
1: Ugh. So I like Galactus as a giant
0: man. Oh wait, in space. I
1: I only saw the second Fantastic Four movie where he was a fucking swarming something. Yeah, Um, nobody
0: likes that. Nobody likes that. But, like, this... Like, I understand, like, the big army of... The big army of, you know, interconnected spaceships. I I get it. Like, I don't necessarily, like... I think the correlation of, like, them being, like, bees, it works for how to defeat them, but maybe that's your angle That they use, like... The insects and the bees. So
1: the next time we're being attacked by bees, play Sabotage, and that'll work. So there was some heat in those early Star Trek
0: trailers about Sabotage being used, but then it all comes back around, and it works out pretty well, doesn't it? It,
1: it did work out well. I was in. I liked
0: how they used it. It was cool. So I liked how
1: the Enterprise was destroyed.
0: I liked the NC-17-A at the end. Because that's what they get, after in the original movies. Once the first one's destroyed. Yeah, and then
1: they go back in time with the whales and that one that everybody loves, but is actually a pile of shit.
0: It's not a piece of shit. It's sci-fi, and it's fun. It's it's easily the funniest Star Trek movie that they've made. It's fuck. It's the fucking comedy version, it's and this one was funny as fuck. Too. Like, this right. was a fun, This was way better than movie. that one. I love the villain-of-the-week nature of this. Like, I don't need... Like, I don't need a big, sprawling, epic story in my movies. Like, give me... Like, if all of the Star Treks can be like this one, I'm gonna be a fan. You know, you hold over some plot points, like, you know, Kirk kind of losing it in space and wanting to get back home, and, you know, the relationships on the ship, you know, continuing from movie to movie, but like if we're, you know, searching for new life and new civilizations. I mean, just keep finding new stuff. The universe is gigantic.
1: Yeah, this like, was I'm, essentially I'm this it was essentially a standalone film. You didn't need any of the other bits to really get the the heart of, and soul of this movie.
0: I like the Idris Elba twist at the end that crawl used to be a uh, uh, Starfleet Captain? I didn't like that it was a
1: twist. I think that it would have been more interesting if they would have introduced it earlier in the film so you can kind of flesh that villain out whenever you make it a twist. And it, I don't think it was the greatest twist. Like, every time they kept playing, like, they played that video of them a lot throughout the movie. I'm like, oh, I, I bet, I bet, like, this, this crew is going to come into play here. I, I bet that they're the villains in this shit. I think if you would have introduced that element earlier, and you would have like, like, told a better story about he, he was Crow came up as like a military in, in a military environment, and he believed in he was a soldier, and he believed in the warfare that they were having, the war made every you know not the Federation, but whatever came before it stronger, and I think that if you would have seen. Not just that the Federation abandoned him, because that's, that's passive. If, they, if the Federation would have actively crumbled in front of him and been something that was the, the driving force to him being lost or his, his like, ship going down or his crew mutinying or whatever, if the Federation was really the force that made that happen, I think that that would have been more compelling for me that's a that's a nitpick that's me like rewriting the movie completely but i think that they had something really interesting that they decided to gloss over see i like the fact that it's the unknown his ship goes down
0: all the ship shit happens he figures out a way to stay alive all these years and he he's got no idea he's got no idea where the Federation's at, if they're coming for him, if they gave up on him, and but that's a fuel for his his anger. Just,
1: yeah, to just stew on it and get more mad, and that develops that character. I wish it was something though. I wish it was something tangible and real. But that's and what I, that's what it
0: is. The tangible realness is the unknown. And you and you see, and you, know. see I, and you see the similarities where Kirk's at in the very beginning, where he's like, oh, you know, I just don't know. I'm stuck out of here. Uh, I don't know. And, like, he's... Feel, and Kroll's feeling the same way, you know, and during his tour, and then he's stuck on a planet by himself with aliens that he needs to suck their life force out and gets
1: turned into. And I, and I get that from a kirk to Kroll relation, but he also has more... Like, he doesn't have a hard-on for Kirk. It's for the Federation and what the right. Federation stands for. And Kirk, at... He's reading Kirk's diaries and a star log and he sees that like i think that it would make more sense that he would see that kirk's like kind of in his same spot and and i like he's feeling the same way if he was reading that i think that would be just more of a compelling thing to do and and also starfleet i don't know starfleet doesn't look any different to me than um like, there was nothing to differentiate it from a military organization going out there. Like, I think that... And I guess they did a little bit of that at the beginning where they went to, like, the first thing where they went to that alien world right. and, and all that. But I, I think they should have done more to make them different than what Crow was used to. That's just me. Mm, see,
0: I, I, f- I feel like they're plenty different. And we learned that from what we know about Krall and what they say that like he's used to military and the big problem he had was that this isn't military
1: I guess I was more interested in like I think I was more interested in the war that Idris Elba fought you know than like like I like this movie a lot but I came my big takeaway was like holy shit that would be a fucking cool ass movie, like to see the war, like the prequel war with the Romulans and all the stuff that he went through. Like, I would really like to fucking see that. How many years before these events did that take place? I don't know. They don't did they say really like it's you. millennia or something like that. Uh, I heard. I've heard other places that the TV show Enterprise takes place whenever they discover Warp Five and the ship that he had was warp 4 so i i don't know i'm not that big of a star trek fan okay larry yeah, larry would know
0: if you take out like if if you make the federation more peaceful then you take out a lot of what we like about this current federation which is they're able to do war type fun yeah yeah, yeah. i country.
1: like war like i i know i know that i was saying like hey i like space battles but these guys should be fucking peace, peace givers. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, so, what, what did you think about Krull? Well, I I wanted to also say that I liked uh, the Nima outpost. Um, I thought that that was actually a really cool visual. Um, it was a really cool
1: location and something pretty different that, that we the had. In... Yorktown? Was, Is that what was, a... was, it, was yeah, it called Nima? No. no. Did I make that? Well, no, Nemo or Nero is the bad guy from the first one. I get Nemo I don't know. Yorktown is the, like, MC Escher space place. Okay, yeah, that. Yeah.
2: Um, where the fuck did I get Nemo from? I don't know. Anyway, um, yes, I liked, I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought that it was really, really cool. Um, I didn't at the time realize what a central piece it was going to be, in, in a lot of ways I almost thought it was going to be kind of like the, the you know, the, the Maz Eisley Cantina or something of this movie, but instead it became much more of a central thing, which I don't know if I loved that, but the first time we see it, it was just so cool. It's kind of like in Wizard of Oz when they get to the Emerald City, it's just like crazy. So um, getting to your question, Paul, what did I think of Crawl? Um, I think he looked great you know he sounded great Um, I was kind of lukewarm on him as a villain though Uh, especially because we didn't see his motivations until the last five minutes of the movie so it's kind of hard to to get into it Um, granted you know, Darth Vader. We didn't really know his motivations either, and we still loved him in the original Star Wars, right? So you can have a great villain that just looks cool and is scary, um, but
1: crawl was you know didn't look quite as cool as Darth Vader. He looked really cool up until the. Point where he started de aging himself. Yeah. I wish that they didn't do that. Yeah. I wish that they would have, there was another way for them to discover that he was the captain of the. It just uh, felt, Franklin. again,
2: it, it's very similar to my feelings on, you know, adding in the parallel universe. Um, it just it was, it seemed unnecessary. It seemed like he could just be, like Paul, you said, kind of the flavor of the month or flavor of the week bad guy. Um that would have been okay. I don't think that you need to kind of necessarily um, shoehorn some kind of like deep explanation on you know why he is that way. But if it, you're
1: gonna do it, I feel like you should go all the way out and like really do it and flesh that character out.
2: It probably would have been better to do that than try to treat it as a twist. Um, you know, too many twists in these Star Trek movies. It just it's no stop it. Um, but, yeah, he was okay. He I, I was disappointed overall in in him as a villain, uh, based on what I had seen in the, in the previews leading up to it. I thought he looked a lot better than he actually was. I haven't
0: seen a shit ton of stuff with Idris Elba, but everyone is on the dude's fucking dick so hard that I feel like he was kind of wasted in this movie. With all the prosthetics... And every scene like we got the we get the video of him where he's just regular Idris Elba. I feel like like I wanted more Idris Elba the actor, not some guy talking in broken English with all these prosthetics. And then at, th- at the very end with the fight with Kirk, you know, he still has all these prosthetics on and he doesn't even look like himself.
1: I wish that he would have like I wished earlier he would have came back and been like if we weren't doing Twist He would have been that captain, like through halfway through of that movie. Give me some fucking space battle. Give me some like this is a warrior captain with like give me a fucking cool slap together like spaceship that has they're out in the frontier right. What if they've been like taking like whoever's been coming through like some like hunk of junk but like slap together awesome spaceship to fight the Enterprise in, like, a wartime fucking captain against Kirk. I think that would have been way... And just have him be Idris Elba. No make him. Super handsome. Um, British accent. Go. I think it would have
2: been cool if they would have started the movie as kind of the prequel that you suggested, Ian, with, um, you know, like, a prequel kind of thing, and you have... Uh, crawl as whatever his name was
1: idris alba or we're well, the, just going with his real idris name.
2: alba um and if he's like captaining you know the the enterprise in the middle of a huge battle let's say the fir- the movie opens like that the first 15 minutes is this fucking epic battle and then it goes to um you know whatever it is 150 years later and now it's kirk captaining it you know like it it would transition from maybe him being stranded on this planet and being like damn you federation and then 300 years later whatever that would have been cool um and i think it would have been more
1: effective uh yeah it would have killed the twist but the twist was kind of stupid so (laughs) yeah the twist was super dumb i think it's way more interesting to see the juxtaposition of the ideals of where the federation came from which was war, mm-hmm. and where it is now, which is peace, right. and to see how those two things match up, and, and I think that would have been way more interesting. Agreed. But, yeah, so. but
0: that's a and that's an entirely different movie.
1: Right. 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 I which, think that they could have done something more interesting with the world that they wrote and created. <clears throat>
0: yeah, I I, see, I I think this this worked out great because we get to see all that we understand all that and it stays focused on the real cast. Like no one's going to go see R- Rogue One, a Star Trek story starring Idris Elba. Well, that's why you Romulan. do it.
1: that's why you do it for 10 like, minutes no, at yeah, the no, beginning of this. I'm sure good. that I clarified 15 yeah, minutes. I don't think anybody pitched that movie, but
0: you know. We like these Star Trek <laughs> movies are about the core cast. They're not about Idris Elba and his motivations. We get all of the stuff you were talking about throughout the movie. Like, I think the twist worked great. We yeah. understand where he came from. We see his eventual fall into depravity because we get a sense oh, of it from text. what Kirk's going through in the very beginning. I mean, was you, but I mean, it with you, but was fucking
2: subjective. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, two like, against three, we win. Or two against, right. two against three. What the fuck? Two against one. Um, You're right, mathematician. Yeah. Thank you. Did you call me a mathematician? Mathematician. If so he already didn't have a title. The, uh, the twist was... Eh, like a twist is supposed to knock your socks off. That's the point. Like the sixth sense, that's a twist. Luke, I'm your father, that's a twist. This was dumb.
1: Yeah, um, I, I know that I, I'm rewriting this movie, but I think that the seeds that they planted in this movie okay. were a little more interesting than what they did with it. Granted, that, and that said, super fun movie had a lot of fun great cast lots of focus awesome time we'll go back to see the fourth one because Chris Hemsworth is in it so I'm excited are we ever gonna get a fucking
0: Klingon
2: war well, in these fucking Abrams movies So I doubt it so that brings us to we talked a little bit about Crawl things that we didn't like did you guys did, were there any major things outside of what we talked about that you didn't like
1: um, I mean, I talked about how we don't get a space battle, I didn't necessarily like, I don't like Swarm stuff, didn't like the way that crawl did all that, so I, I think I covered yeah. everything that I had beef with.
2: Oh.
0: I'm thinking hard. Um, no. Are you was, sure you're not shitting yourself? There was nothing that, there was nothing that I didn't like about it, um, if anything, and it's so, it's so tiny, And this kind of goes the same way I feel about the Star Wars universe. Uh, Like, there was, there's a precedent set in the Star Trek universe that aliens are all humanoid with weird face stuff, because that's what the prosthetics and makeup allowed for back in the day. And I feel the same way about Star Wars aliens. Like, the shit in The Force Awakens, uh, the stuff in the ship Han and Chewie were carrying, what were those called,
2: Matt? Tars.
0: Yeah, like if you can't make it out of prosthetics or a puppet, it shouldn't be in the universe. So there's there were a handful of aliens in this movie that pulled me out of what I was watching, and it's this it's the same way with Star Wars when they try to do too much crazy stuff. So that's that's really it's Some just super. How'd you feel aliens. about
1: the face hugger officer on the on the enterprise, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting, but at the same
0: time, I was like, yeah.
1: It was a legit face hugger. Like, yeah, they it was. did. It was they didn't a like, face pull hugger that punch on the back, at all. On the back yeah. of
0: her head, but but even like, but her is like a regular. Before you see like her head open up and everything, like she's something that could be done with full, prosthetics and makeup, and she felt part of that universe. But there were a couple other aliens that had just been. Just passing by, that like I couldn't help look at them and be like, ah, it doesn't that doesn't feel part of the Star Trek you? <laughs> but other than that, like I thought this movie was great.
1: So uh, I think we should probably wrap it. Well, I didn't up get to here. talk about. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, God.
2: That's okay. Um, yeah. I have a list of things that I didn't like. Um, I, I will preface it by saying, no, I won't preface it with this. Uh, so one of the things I didn't like was. Um, I felt like it, the general vibe of it to me felt very much like an extended episode. If it was if that universe had become a TV show, this felt like an episode mm-hmm. or, you know, a special 2-hour episode, but still an episode. Um it it seemed to lack the um it's almost impossible for me to put my finger on it exactly, but there was there was something lacking that the first two had in terms of like cinema magic. Um, I felt like in many ways this was a step closer to traditional Star Trek than the first two were, um, where you had um, your characters very very much planet bound as that would happen in the original TV show a lot, particularly when um, Bones and Spock were rocking around kind of the rocky kind of environments, like it felt very much like those classic episodes that were shot in like California, yeah. you know, or or on a sound soundstage stage yeah. with like styrofoam rocks and stuff. And it, it and it, on one hand it was kind of cool, but at the same time, it felt like they were pushing it a little too close to the source material to the point where it was pulling me out of like this otherworldly experience. Um, so that kind of stunk um i felt like um the the sequence where kirk is on the bike and you have kind of the the cam on his face with the goggles that's when you could tell it was a, a Fast and Furious movie. Like, mm. that particular moment, I thought even was... even worked
1: for me, though. Like, I feel like they rolled that stuff in the trailer. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. But in the movie, and the spirit of the movie, yeah. because he's he's pulling so much from, oh, my, my father, I yeah, yeah. mean, my, my father used to have one of those. I, and those are the themes of the movie. I suppose you know, so. Like, yeah, maybe, but to I me... I get what you're saying. To me, it
2: yeah. felt um, kind of forced like, you know, going back to, like... The Dark Knight Rises, you know, about the autopilot, the autopilot, the autopilot, and it's <laughs> okay. like, by the time you get to the motorcycle, you're like, gee, I wonder if that motorcycle is gonna come <laughs> into, you know, play here. So uh, that particular stuff felt like, ah, so this is the guy that did Fast and Furious, um,
1: and I. That said, did you think that that scene was? Well shot and, it, it and well was done. Just, like, it was
2: just kind of okay. Yeah. I, I thought, thought it was good.
1: I th- thought it was fun. They, it
2: was. It was very much like, um, you know, kind of a bit of the climax of the movie, or at least right before it. And I just wasn't all that invested. Yeah. I don't know if it was the the kind of the over choreographed fist fighting that was happening with that female character. I forget her name. Jayla. Jayla and that other dude that. Dude. Crawl second in crawl command. Crawl second in command. That crawl two. Like that was another thing. Like, could you give the bad guys a little bit more like screen time so that way, like, we can kind of know a little bit about them? Or the time. Give gotta a blow up the
1: Enterprise. Right.
2: Like, I mean, even Admiral Piet had some fucking screen time. That's why we were all sad when he died. In Return of the Jedi. When he uh, had an A-wing flown through his face.
1: That's because we're dorks. That's so I'm anyway. Saying.
2: Uh, There were things like that, but I think the biggest takeaway for me was that this particular movie felt a lot like the show. And that was a step back to me. uh, Because I liked that it had taken that step forward to get away from the show. And this was like, eh, maybe we need... Because I think the fan criticism, the outspoken minority, you know, the Star Trek fans, were like, oh no, this movie's got to be more like the fucking uh, TV show. I don't like this. They changed it too much. Changed it too much. Well... Again, like yeah, you, there you go. You have your Star Trek movie that was less successful. So, congratulations. But that's just me.
1: Can't argue with the numbers right now. holding at a hundred and sixty million, it the production costs were one eighty five. They will make it up. And there will be a fourth. You can. And you, I'm glad because you can also not argue with the Rotten Tomato scores, which are, you know, eighty three and eighty four percent very high fans critics loved the movie a lot of people just didn't go out to see it so um I think I think that this is a successful Star Trek movie as a fan I am excited as a fan and moviegoer I'm excited I will go see another one
2: yeah well here's one last parting thing um And Paul, you kind of brought it up earlier. The the biggest criticism that I have isn't necessarily like what I had a problem with on the screen. It was what wasn't there. This movie should have been the Klingon War that they have been hinting at for two movies now, which was, was like weirdly absent from this one. Klingons I don't even think were mentioned in this movie. And to me, when I think Star Trek, I think the Klingons are the number one villain and yet they've rebooted it and it's been 3 movies it will be at least 4 till we see a, an all out fight between the klingons and I'm not talking little skirmishes uh into darkness I'm talking full on war um and that's what we want to see we want to see the enterprise like flying around fighting those whatever those ships are out there of of prey. Prey. yeah
0: Raptors. Like, I, and I I feel like um like I don't want to make the star trek star wars comparison but who the fuck does the rebellion fight if they're not fighting the Empire? Why is Starfleet not Job of the Hutt fighting Right?
2: It's like Klingon? It's like if they made Job of the Hutt the main bad guy for the whole fucking movie. Right? Yeah,
0: I guess. Like yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Like as much as I love Beyond, I'm ready for the big bad like, We were ready for it for we've this and we didn't get we, it. Yeah, like, and, That's why this I'm was ready. an episode. I'm ready. Let's yeah. let's go. Let's do some fucking Klingon shit. Like, Let's I'm ready do some for these, cling on shit. Like, we got some dire Star Trek straits. Four, for Some, some of these characters, But, like, I'm ready for the crew of the Enterprise to be in
1: for real. Right. The dire straits. Like, I want to see lives. a real bird of prey fight the Enterprise. Because we've never fucking seen it. Because, <clears throat> because we wanted to joyride during the search for Spock. We had a four man crew, and we got blown up. And that's what happens.
0: Yeah. Like I want to I wanna see a fucking Bird of Prey turn off fucking... The
1: cloaking, cloaking device. The cloaking
0: device and just appear and be like, Oh, oh shit! It's go time! Yeah, that would like, be I'm awesome! Like, I, wanna I want to see that star fight. i Let's do it. And and, like, I love what Justin Lin did with this movie, but it's 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 time. We've been in this universe for three fucking movies. You've made a trilogy and I haven't... And I've got, like, a little bit of taste of Klingons. Fuck you. I want a big Klingon steak. I want a fucking Klingon well, burrito.
1: Well done. I've got... Paul. I've got a Romulan Matt. steak. I've got a side. I've got a, little, a little spice. A Klingon spice. Yeah. A little, a little Klingon like rosemary. Some,
2: some Klingon baby carrots. That's right. Paul, why don't you go ahead and rate this movie for us?
0: Uh, well ever since Thor The Dark World I'm terrified <laughs> to rate things too high but uh, I'm, g- I'm gonna give it an 8 I really fucking love this movie I love that I love the fact that it was kind of episodic that it yeah. didn't need to be connected to anything around it it was just a fun self-contained movie you don't need anything you can just go in you learn these characters I love the journey that the main crew went through from start to finish <clears throat> I love the twist at the end. I thought it was really cool. It was a really good fucking movie.
1: High eight. High eight. High oh, snowman. Yeah. I, I think I got to give it a seven. The fact that me and you, Matt, just sat here and rewrote like a, a better movie. <laughs> like I think, like twisted it around for me. I I but uh, that all that said, I love this movie. I can't wait for a fourth. Yeah. i love the cast the chemistry that they yep, have yep. is it, it's, the, it's it's exceptional the best
2: line in the movie paul you may disagree with this but uh was when um i, I don't even remember what the line was exactly but when spock basically used like bones's term like we're in deep shit or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. and uh i thought that was pretty funny um, so you're gonna give it? A I'm gonna seven. give it a seven. A solid
1: seven. Solid seven. Really enjoyed it. Would tell anybody that I ran into to go see the movie, and they will like it. Mm-hmm. I was now, a
0: big fan of the bit about Spock giving Uhura the the tracking device. That was so funny. Yeah like, yeah, like there were a lot of really funny parts.
1: Well, I, I like that Spock actually bleeds like green blood. Like that was really kind of funny. Why I, I thought it was just Bones being a racist like
0: I don't know. <laughs> one, one my one of my favorite lines from the movie is when
1: they're getting ready,
0: uh, they're getting ready to fly, whatever ship that was left there.
1: The uh, Franklin. They the were
0: getting getting ready to fly the Franklin, and they're getting ready to fire it up. Sulu's at the helm, Kirk's in the chair, and uh, Kirk's like, "Sulu, are you sure you can do this?" And Sulu looks back at him, and I I forget what exactly he's... He says,
1: are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, he says, are you kidding me? And the way Jon Cho delivers that line, like, it's fucking great. Like, I love all the tiny little pieces that the original cast got. Everyone got their fucking hero moment. It was
1: fucking brilliant. They do that, but then when they're flying down the mountainscape... Kind of looks over at Anton Yelchin like I don't know how yeah. fucking
0: I fucking do this. <laughs> right,
1: it's good stuff. The, yeah, that, the cast. I will watch that cast until the end of days. They're a great Star Trek cast.
0: Uh, I love the I love the Spock nod. Yeah,
1: because Leonard Nimoy,
0: mm-hmm. you know, died. You know, they, um Ambassador Spock dies in the movie. I love for Anton at the end. The which is just fucking depressing. The
1: Franklin's. What about Anton at the end? It says for Anton at the end. Oh, okay. The, um, the Franklin's serial number is uh, Leonard Nimoy's birthday. Uh-oh. And Franklin is actually Frank Lynn because it is, um, Justin Lynn's father. Pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of cool, cool little moments.
0: Uh, and I stuff. thought j was really cool
2: character.
0: yes Yeah,
2: she was cool.
0: Like, I yeah, I thought, I was that I thought she, she might be a little over the top. She was, she was a little was over there. the
2: top, I think. Uh, but I kind of liked her anyway, um, and I think it's cool that she's going to be part of
1: the, the crew. Yeah, I mean, like as sad as it, is, as it is to say, I would be, I'd be happy if she was on the crew in place of. The um, place to of check off. If they have to do that, like yeah. I think that that would be okay. Like, as, as introduce be right. a new this character. This going to sound
2: super awful, but he to me was probably the most expendable memory oh, of the uh, system. So,
1: what was your ranking, man? What do you give it?
2: Um, I give it a six. Sure. Yeah, yes. um, it was just. Okay, to me, um, I I was disappointed in it. I expected better yeah. out of it, and like I said, it, it just it felt too Star Trek to me. <laughs> um, uh, and and I can see why the more hardcore, and that has been the consensus. The more hardcore Star Trek fans have really liked loved it. loved it. Yeah, and I absolutely get why. Yeah. And that's why it didn't work that well for me. And yeah. especially, Ian, if they would have made the movie you and I wrote. I love that, the movie. It would have gotten the high eight that, yeah. that Paul gave it.
0: <laughs> I liked it. I liked it quite a bit.
2: Quite a bit. What I would like to do when it comes out, like on iTunes, I'm gonna probably watch Doom Marathon. Watch yeah.
1: all three. That's a good. Movies. That's a good idea.
0: We're gonna wrap up tonight's episode. Great Star Trek Beyond. Top. My name is Paul McGinty.
1: Science officer Sharply.
2: Communications Officer. And, and Rear Admiral Matt Cassatt. That's more like it. We'll see you next time.
1: I can always go back and
0: watch Twilight.